0: extension of the war in the Middle East could send us into recession and take $1 trillion off of the global economy. But that would be based on the idea that oil could go to $150 a barrel, which is quite a rise from our current state, well under $90 at the moment. As you know, Mike McGlone thinks probably that the price of oil will eventually go down. So we're going to discuss what what it would take to get us to $150 and what's actually a more realistic approach to that. I've got, of course, Mike McGlone, Dave Weisberger, and James Lavish, both of whom uh, have not arrived yet. So we're going to start with me and Mike McLone. It's Macro Monday. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of Wall Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that little like button right down there below. It's my favorite day of the week when I have to actually be accountable and show up and figure out what is happening in the macro because it's so easy for me to get lost in the bullish echo chamber of crypto. And it's important to remember that even if Bitcoin is not correlated for the moment, it's very important to understand what's happening in the world. Last update we got from Dave Weisberger was that he was at a stoplight. James, haven't heard yet, but we know he's coming. But I do have myself and Mike McGlone, who you can see uh, not in the Bloomberg offices today. I think you've got a conference, right?
1: Yeah, I took the bright line, the new train line from Miami to Orlando. So I'm at a conference and you got me for 30 minutes and then I have to go on a panel and do like I do now and act like I know stuff. So thanks. How for is
0: the bright line? I know it's not, it's awesome. not relevant, but us Floridians are very excited awesome. that we have a relatively high speed rail now from through well, South Florida.
1: Well, I'm a big fan of <clears throat> sleep is unrated. I love taking naps on trains and I can work. The only thing I'd say is the internet wasn't good, but oh, it's, it's great. You know, it's just, it's awesome.
0: All right. So since it's you and me, let's for the moment, uh, well, let's talk about oil. Oil drops as East conflict remains limited amid Israeli push. The story here, the story itself obviously is not humorous at all what's happening over there. But it's sort of funny that we are attaching this narrative that depending on how large the ground invasion is and how likely the event that that involves other countries is what apparently is driving the price of oil here. Can you speak to that?
1: It's um, the word hopium for the bulls is what's happening. It's it's rallying and closing strong on Fridays because people are afraid to be short for the weekend because of what might happen with um, escalation in the war in the Middle East. Now, remember, when you're people like we are, you've heard that term war in the Middle East since you were children. It's Unfortunately, it's just something we've grown up with. It's sad. It's horrible. But the thing is, will it do anything to significantly cut the supply of crude oil like the Arab oil back embargo in nineteen seventy three and the uh, the nineteen seventy nine the uh, rating of the U S embassy and it's very unlikely. So here we are back Monday. W T I is around eighty four dollars a barrel. The average price this year is seventy seven. Most people last year said there'd be a one in front of that handle. And yes, if you want to blame someone, I think it's going to fifty or below in a normal recession. And that's already what's happening. So crude oil is bounced. But it's up four percent in the year. Gold's up about ten percent in the year. So that's a significant and and uh, copper is down about five percent. So from a commodity standpoint, that's a clear recessionary trajectory. And the only thing needs to I need the next shooting dropped us for crude oil to fall with the US stock market. So we just got off our morning meeting and something I was completely expected is lower prices are be getting lower prices almost all risk assets. So we're at that stage now. It's crude oil is going down because the stock market is going down. And why is that going down? Because the Fed's still tightening. So now we have the Fed on. On, uh, on watch still, they are not going to ease, their figures. fingers still on tightening, ECB, Bank of Japan, Bank of um, England, all still have probably done tightening, but they're not even started easing. That's been my iteration. Let's get to the first bridge, of the start, take out that price in tightening, and then the start ease, and then we can think about when risk assets will bottom, and they're just getting started. So reiteration from our economics, economics team is more in Bloomberg Economics. The recession will hit by the end of this year. I think it's going to start it. And Ana Wong pointed out virtually every time we've had significant recessions, three or two months before that, you see non-farm payrolls pay- 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 plus 300. Now, we've just seen that pretty strong number. I look from our our, our, our interest rate team, Ira Jersey pointed out the big deal this week is that refunding. 114 billion tre- treasuries. I remember trading in treasuries. Yeah, and 40 was a lot. So, here, what, what that is, that's a giant black hole of re- high yields, guaranteed. People know, I bet this conference, people are saying, where do you put your money? I'm like, well, what's wrong with the two, you know? And that higher yields is sucking that money from risk assets. It's, it's actually pressuring things like housing and anything that's related. So, I'll point out that to me is a key thing. And also we have this dollar bull fatigue. So what's it going to take for that wrecking ball of the dollar? I mean, the yen is about 150 now. It's basically you need yields to fall, U.S. stocks to fall, and that's part of the, the, the um, worst lose-lose. So here I'll end with this. Since the U.S. government, too, you know, went above 5% on the first date, really stayed, sustained above, above that level on August 21st, the S&P 500 is down about um, 7%, gold's up about 5%, and crude oil still hovering up 3% or so. I think everything is going to tilt lower. And that's what's good for gold. And the bottom line is Bitcoin is showing divergent strength in this, in this environment. Back to you.
0: OK, we will get to Bitcoin. James, I want to talk about something Mike just brought up here. Obviously, I have this pulled up. The big bond market event Wednesdays at Treasury and not the Fed. And that's an idea I think that we've been sort of beating the drum on here on this show is that we're all watching monetary policy. We're all watching the Fed. But the reality is it may be more important to be watching the Treasury and what's happening over there. And as, as Mike said, on Wednesday, we have this quarterly refunding announcement. It's really going to tell us what their approach is going to be, how many more bonds we're going to be seeing long-end, short-end, and how they're going to approach us. What do you think is going to happen, and why do you think that this is important?
2: Yeah, it's super important because you know last week we, we uh, learned that we are, in fact, running a $2 trillion deficit. And uh, and so we have to refund that. And these these deficits were running, regardless of what Janet Yellen says, they they are pushing long term, longer end of the yield curve rates higher. You know, um, you have investors who want to be compensated for that that term premium, basically. And so. Exactly what Mike said is that the Fed is not the focus this week. the The, the Treasury is going to come out and give their, uh, you know, um, kind of their game plan for how they're going to refund this quarter and over um, another hundred billion dollars. I think it's one hundred fourteen billion dollars. We're looking at it, they may grow that. We don't know, but um, the the big the the big question is how much are they going to going to issue on the short end versus the long end and are they going to pull back the long end because they know that uh, it's just difficult to to get liquidity on that long end without um, paying, you know, having to pay that term premium to the to the investors? What would that mean for the yield curve? Do we finally see it normalize here, or is it go the other <laughs> way? <laughs> well, it's not normal. The a normal uninversion would be the the short end coming down, but the short end is not coming down. And so all it all it's happening is both ends are going up. It's just the long end is going up at its at a uh, steeper rate. And so that's not normal. Um, that's you know it won't it will not normalize until we get some sort of correction. In until they the, and if, the, if we try to bring
0: that long end down, you're saying we become more uninverted again, right? When we're about right.
2: to normalize, then we uh, become it becomes further inverted. Excuse me. Inverted. That's right. That's right. So it and that's just not that's not normal. Yeah, it's not a no, it's not normal activity. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's it sounds like
0: one of those F'd "if we do, F'd if we don't" sort of situations for the treasury here.
2: Yeah, uh, it they're in a real tight spot. Uh, they're in a tight spot. There's uh, there's about a trillion dollars left in that reverse repo. We've been watching that. We've talked about this for weeks now on the show, uh, and they're going to continue tapping that. And once that's out. Um, they're going to have to either change rules or change the uh, the leverage ratio rules or something for the banks and or maybe um, require banks to hold uh, longer term treasuries. We, they're, they're going <laughs> to do well. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know how well, well that something. went last time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the treasury is going to they're going to keep the market highly liquid no matter what happens. And so but they will pull out all the stops to do that. So, uh, okay, yeah. OK, Dave, what
0: happens when all the stops are pulled out? Well,
3: I mean, I've been saying on this show for 18 months that the Fed is manipulating the market is the only way they can, and they need to keep long rates down. And it gets harder and harder to do when people realize that's what you need to do. So it, it, it requires instead of using, you know, a gun, you use a bazooka. Instead of a bazooka, you use a howitzer. Instead of a howitzer, you use a, you know, one of those, you know, those, those massive bombs, you know, etc. At some point, you know, yeah,
2: the people. You know, people are they're 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 imagining or they're envisioning the Fed here with a scalpel, and they're really holding a chainsaw. Yeah, you know, chainsaw. I I don't know. I've seen <laughs> people do ice sculptures with
3: chainsaws that, that remarkably. <laughs> I I think they're they're doing it with you know with with sledgehammers. You know, look <laughs> at, at the end of the day, the, there's there's only one way out, uh, and this administration is not going to do. The only one way out is to grow your way out. The only way to grow your way out is to take Elizabeth Warren and say, thank you. You've done the great service to the economy. You've slowed us Mm. down. We need to deregulate and we need to unleash American innovation. End of chat. But we know they're doing the opposite. This morning, an executive order on AI, for Christ's sake. Oh, my gosh. I saw that. You know, the fact is, on a macro show, we need to understand growth is constrained by government regulation. Full stop. You can argue that it's a good thing or not, but you can't argue that it doesn't happen. And so we are in a low growth environment because we have an overly aggressive government is exactly what's happened in Europe. The difference is, is the German debt to GDP doesn't even approach ours. Now, one could argue the reason why is they don't spend as much on defense, yada, yada, yada. But the fact of the matter is they're not in the same situation we are. Our debt to GDP, especially if you include unfunded liabilities, is unsustainable, full stop. The only way out when you get to two hundred percent, and we're at least at that level with Medicare and Social Security until they change it. And politically, that is too hard to do. And then no one wants to admit it because they'll lose the election if they say, "Oh, we're going to cut Social Security or, or raise the age from sixty-five to eighty or whatever the hell they're going to have to raise it to." Uh, we're sitting, we're sitting at two hundred percent, one hundred and twenty-five on the standard stuff, and you know another seventy-five or so from that. So when you look at that, the only answer is full manipulation, yield curve control, what Japan is doing. It's actually more palatable uh, politically than pretty much anything else, which has been my base case. So when I listen to Mike, I I agree with him. I just think that it misses the fact that the Fed wants the yield curve to be inverted. They desperately need the yield curve to reinvert. They need to push it as much as possible. And all roads to that lead to quantitative easing full stop. They're going to do it one way or another. There is no choice. I've been on record uh, that's a bet I would make far bigger than the other bet. Yeah, I mean, you know, Powell could try to do what he's going to do uh, on the short end. But the truth is, is he's fighting a losing war. And, and I'm sure he's frustrated. There was a great meme the other day saying, and why did I uh, re-up for a second term? Why did I want to, want to take this job again? You know, he's trying to fight inflationary expectations with short-term yields. While, as we've said, uh, wage push inflation is being cheerleaded By this administration, not just, you know, not 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 pushing it, not trying to talk it down, not mediating, but literally cheerleading wage push inflation with unions at the same time as, you know, James talked about the deficit. So, I mean, there is no answer other than QE unless unless they want to let the yield curve go to where the market would push it, where, frankly, debt service becomes. The largest line item in our budget. Now, that sounds like a very clinical term. Let's see what that means. When debt service is the largest item in your budget, getting to 50%, that means you have to have a 50% budget cut to even think about, even think about a balanced budget. That's just not sustainable. I mean, it just, and, and by the way, you know, we're rapidly approaching the the point where, you know, actually, we may even be there, James, defense plus debt service. Is that 100 percent of the of tax revenue? I think it might uh, it's, wow. Well,
2: it's it's you're you're over. You're over. Yeah, it's over a trillion dollars. You're going to be over trillion dollars of debt service here right. in the next uh, quarter. So so
3: think about what a recession means. If a recession, if Mike is correct, if we go into recession and tax receipts drop 20, 25 percent because GDP contracts and people are making less money in an environment where the debt service is locked in and defense is locked in and entitlements are locked in, what does that do to a budget deficit? Just ask yourself that question.
1: So th- there's a good bull market. I got to piggyback on that. And to me, this is part of the let's look at there's running bridges to cross. That's the next bridge to cross. um. I'm going to use that word plausible deniability, but I'm completely guilty if we don't go to the recession. I'm going with some of the top economists on the planet, the people I work with, and leading indicators. It's 100% accurate for 100 years, and it's down 7.8%. That is about what the deficit for a little while this year was. This, this year was around 8%. Now that the students have to start paying back their loans, it's dropped closer to 6 But that to me is this significant, David's spot on. But here's the iterations I'm looking for. One of the worst performing assets last year was GBTC. It's one of the best performing this year. I think, I don't, I still bullish that asset, but TLT has been one of the most, the biggest surprises, particularly here. Guilty, wrong, I didn't think long bond 10 years ago, about 4%, but now they're 5%. I think they're gonna drop on the elevator towards 3% with the deficit ballooning, with QE that you mentioned. Now that's a bridge to come to, and then it's after that, that I don't know what's gonna happen. We're getting pop. Unfortunately, we might get austerity. Republicans coming, they're talking austerity already with the new Speaker of the House. So, what does that mean? That's we're, that's a depression. And that's kind of what they did in the 30s. And we, we, we raised taxes, we had Smoot-Hawley tariff act and things like that, but we're tilting that way. So, in the macro right now, I think this is pretty significant that we're seeing this asset that's three times the volatility of the stock market and go, Bitcoin doing well when everything else is tilting lower. Now, the key thing about the stock market you have to look right now is yes, 14 day RSI is oversold. When have you ever seen a bear market that doesn't get oversold? In, in yeah, the of course, British those baseball? are the power oh, zones. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. But, but, yeah those what, are the power
3: right, zones. I, 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 I but, was saying but, last week, so I, I was saying last week something very simple. I said on Wednesday of last week, I was talking internally with the guys and we commented on, on our weekly recap on Friday that in a week like last week, If it based as of Wednesday morning looked a lot like the week before the 87 crash, you and I are old enough to remember it had Thursday been a down day and Friday been an accelerating down day this morning, we will be talking. Oh, my. There would be you know, we would have a show that would be almost as epic. As the, the fake Bitcoin rally show, which, 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 which will go down as a, a, in the history of Scott Melker podcast as the most epic, because yes. it all happened live while we were on to from top to bottom to bottom to top, top to bottom to top to bottom to bottom all the way. But but seriously, uh, it, it didn't happen. And, you know, now we're into a different seasonal period where window dressing theoretically is done as of tomorrow night. If we don't see a significant correction, uh, I'm not saying we're out of the woods because I kind of uh, I kind of understand, but it's the wrong time of year for it. I wouldn't be surprised to see a pretty horrific January in the stock market. Mm -hmm. But I think that, that, that all your economists are all missing the financialization over the last 50 years. We're in a a much more manipulated economy, not manipulated necessarily by people pulling the strings, although there is some of that, at least in the bond market, it's manipulated. There's no question about that. Uh, You know, in in the stock market, I mean, maybe, probably not. The question is, is people are stuck in a world where, you know, they're drowning. I mean, what, what happens to a drowning person? They flail, right? Flailing people... Uh, don't look for 5% yields. Flailing people say, oh, fuck, I can't serve. I can't feed my family at 5%. I need more. And so they reach for yield. It's just like, I've seen this my entire life. I grew up, my grandfather was a bookie. My father had a rule. My father was a a poker player who was net up in his lifetime. He retired as a a local pro at the Mirage before his health gave out and he couldn't play anymore. But the truth is, we've seen i've seen more degenerate gamblers in my life than i care to admit and it's a sickness and unfortunately it is a sickness that most of society most investors uh many investors have some elements of that it's like well if only it goes to here i'll sell right never do do my family (laughs) and they never do it's the old expression You know, uh, it's like how many investors take a turn trades into long term holdings. We all know what that happens. I just think there's still a lot of that in the economy. There's still your, I'm going to use your word, Mike, hopium. It's a great word, and it actually tells you what's going on. There are many people who are in risk assets that are at valuations that are incredibly stretched who hope and are addicted to that hope and holding it. Now, Will eventually they be disabused of this notion? Yeah, probably. Uh, what will happen when that happens? Well, I mean, I think at that point you'll be right. I just don't know if we're ready for that yet. And, and that's really the issue. Now, as far as, as Bitcoin and gold go, I think it's different. I think that the macro for Bitcoin and gold is about as overwhelmingly possible positive as you could possibly be. You have mass geopolitical uncertainty. And, you know, it's it's a big deal. Portability of being able to take one's assets and leave a country or move has never been more important. I mean, hell, if I were in New York, if I hadn't been smart and relocated to Florida, I would be terrified on the streets of New York now being a Jew. Now, what we've seen over the last week is serious. It is a big, big deal. And if you think that people with money, whether you're Christian or Jewish and you see mass riots calling for Jews to be gassed, in places like New York City, if you think that that isn't a big deal for Bitcoin, then you are not paying attention. If you think that people in Argentina and Turkey and other places who are seeing this, seeing the U.S. government having to go into forever wars, people calling about another hundred billion dollars going into to finance wars, they're going to it's use that.
2: Use, nothing right? now it's it's nothing now it's just, a hundred, just another what hundred it means is they're not going to be able to
3: do austerity they're going to talk about it but that's they're right. going to they're going to use it as a justification we've seen this script before they're going to use geopolitical uncertainty as a justification for spending money and for liquefying the economy they're going to claim it's national security that's what's going on i really believe that i think that's yeah, what we said it weeks
2: ago dave we said it weeks and we well like three months ago I, i'm uh, we we were talking about how it's an election year. There will be a crisis there. There will there 100 percent will be a crisis. And so here we are. Right.
3: And, and so, you know, I know I'm enormously cynical and James, you and I fight for the who's the most cynical on this show. Not <laughs> sure which one of us is. Uh, <laughs> You know, everyone we call Mike Mike McGloom, but I think you and I are more cynical than Mike is. I think Mike still, you know, <laughs> is we're more pro. Cymi- you know, American innovation will come to the rescue than, than we cynically are
2: cynically eternal optimists,
3: right? I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's I, I right. Just look at this as as a very simple situation. The reason that our little tiny market of Bitcoin hasn't broken is because the macro side is saying. We are go- that people are going to have to reliquify. They may leave short rates higher, but they have to push the long end down. They have to. And we are getting yeah, much yeah. closer. Every month we get closer to the election season. That's a, a month. If you think the Federal Reserve is going to be able to tighten after, say, April or May of next year, right. they can't. No,
2: they they, don't they, or, or maybe
3: they can. But if April. so, the pressure will be overwhelming.
0: Really quickly, Mike has to go in about four minutes. So Mike, oh, I want to give you a Mike. chance to uh, unpack oh, no, and, uh, well, and give some final thoughts before you do have to go.
1: But that's one thing I love about the show. You provide a lot of cannon fodder. So one thing I do enjoy, I'll be speaking at the Money Show, and this is a classic old white person retired conference. Nothing wrong with that. I'd love to get old and retired and white. I mean, white, <laughs> whatever color. But that's what this is. And so I love using these terms I've learned on Scott's show, like hopium. And I'm going to use definitely use um, boomer rocks when I talk about Gold, because people look at me with three heads. Like, man, when you're in cryptos, you hear these terms all the time. But the thing I want to point out is this is historic and epic. And the key thing I want to point out in my presentation is never forget where you came from. And it's a simple fact that if you use a simple Warren Buffett model versus the S and P five hundred, just a year ago was the most expensive since 1936. We're just simply reverting the most historic period in history of low interest rates. The facts have changed. Okay, and here we are working on a day-to-day. Everything that's a risk asset is supposed to go down in the environment, and that's why the federal government is part of the problem now. They've borrowed so much. We're at the limit now. You mentioned, Dave, uh, 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 at some point there's going to be QE because the Fed can do it, but they're going to have to. And also, a lesson I learned last year, I remember with some of my colleagues who were bearish, uh, bullish crude oil right before the midterms. I'm like, uh, don't underestimate what <laughs> the world's largest producer, what helps get a sitting um, Sitting people, uh, sitting electors, uh, politicians elected. They need lower crude oil and things like that. So expect it. Expect pretty strong austerity, uh, not austerity, but pump priming the pump. And at some point, this is—I mean, this is epic. But this is a this is almost um, this to me right now. The situation I see around is very kin to 1930. Stock market went down 50 percent in 1929, rallied 50 percent, and rolled over. And everybody everybody thought it was over. All the indicators we have—it's just getting started. That was just the warning sign.
0: Mike, before I let you go, you mentioned TLT. I brought up the chart before. Obviously, massive yeah. selling. As you said, this has been historic actually selling in volume on TLT. I mean, to me, this is uh, for full transparency. I've said it on Market Mavericks on Thursday. I'm massively long TLT. This is one of the few things uh, that I'm actually trading. Um, what does Wednesday mean for... TLT for people who are trading this, because I know that there are quite a few of them. What does it mean for me, Mike? That's what I'm it's, saying. Well,
1: so, so be careful with the, what to see. The key thing about TLT is I think you're supposed to have a couple year horizon and be careful with letting them. Market- I'm not day trading. To be clear, I, I know, I'm also yeah. buying
0: this long-term. Gareth was on the show. He's yeah. trading it by the hour. I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm accumulating a position here. That's, that's what I'll tell you. Yeah.
1: So, so the key thing is they're supposed to um, issue threes, tens, and thirties. Um, uh, year Securities, 114 billion. And if they issue a little bit less 30 years than the market anticipates, which I think they will, that will give you a signal that, okay, well, we're we're starting to focus on this this spike in long bond yields, and we um, think it's serious um, and we'll see what happens. But right now the market's already expecting um, that. I mean, it's expecting the supply. The key thing is when the supply comes on, if it spikes yields shorter term, that's just a black hole. For risk assets, you see the lose lose here. The Fed's going to keep yeah, borrowing, the Treasury's going to keep borrowing, and at some point, it's just going to be overwhelming when people realize, okay, well, these yields are just too attractive, and I got to lock up and, and protect myself. And every every time they inch higher, I pointed out what happened with the two note above five percent. Mm-hmm. All risk assets, they they have. They just have that ceiling, that wall of resistance above them for this massive need for borrowing from the safest risk assets on the planet.
2: Yeah. And it, and if they if they do like you're saying, I Mike. Mike, I might Excuse me. Oh, go,
1: ahead. I go. So yeah. i just got to go. You can right? just go.
0: Mike's gonna, disappear. Mike's gonna disappear slowly. He's gonna do the Austin Powers elevator slowly down to the bottom.
2: Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Mike is saying, you know, if um, if the if the treasury if, if they decrease the amount of the 30 year that they uh, indicated earlier, you know, and uh, they decrease the amount that they issue there, it is an indication that they are concerned with the level of the rates here. And like Dave was saying, they're, that is quasi, they're, they're, they're starting to do a little bit of yield curve control in their efforts of funding the deficits with just short term T-bills and uh, notes and that's that that will come back. There, there's just no way out of QE. It's just a question of how are they going to go about it. And this is an indication that rates are at a, at a level that they're starting to get uncomfortable with. And if they go higher than this, they will push them back down to at least this level or lower. And so that's your that's your indication. And I agree with you, Scott, that you know it may not be a a, a three day trade. It may be more like a three, six month, one year, two year trade, but the TLT, the the rates will come down in 20 and 30 years.
0: Yeah. So listen, something we haven't actually talked about here, we kind of conceptually talk about QE is inevitable. We've all seen the ways that they've done it in the past. Everybody knows mass money printing, of course, but Dave and James, could it be different this time the way that they do it? Could it be in a more stealth manner? Could it be the fiscal side, the monetary? What happens when they align? How do we actually get this QE if they then don't just print again 40 percent of the money supply as they did last time? Well, start, money.
2: Start, start with the stopping the QT, you know they're go- they'll pull back from QT because they can't they, the Fed can't be competing with the treasury for liquidity. like that that in and of itself is a non-starter. so they're going to stop right. that first. Um, and then on the other side, I do expect some stealth moves. You know, this BTFP program is going to expire in the spring and they're just going to re-up it. Of they're course, going to re-up it man. and they're going to Absolutely. say, yeah, we need to we're just going to extend it. You know, there's still some questions in the you know commercial real estate market, whatever. They're going to extend it <laughs> and then they're going to find more acronyms and quietly. You know, pump liquidity into the market somewhere, somehow. They're going to find acronyms to do that, and whether it's just to patch this hole here or touch up this here, I expect it to be a little bit more stealth. Mm -hmm. Does that require
0: them to print more money in theory, or are there other ways that they can create those budgets? You know, by moving uh, some numbers here and way
3: out. (laughs) Printing after me. I I, I just let's understand what they need to happen. They need to go back to the pre-pandemic policy, which, of course, is very hard because the world has changed, of asset inflation, runaway asset inflation, creating disinflationary consumer inflation forces so as to mask what they're actually doing. And they're going to need to do it. They're going to need to do it on steroids. So I, th- I feel like, you know, if they're well, they probably aren't, because I don't think there's anybody smart enough there to actually do this at, at, you know, in this administration. But if I were in this administration and I were trying to get Biden reelected, I'd be yelling like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, hold, hold. And I wait. <laughs> until May, June, July to unleash the, you know, the Stephanie Kelton modern monetary theory redo to help provide a dose of adrenaline to the economy, which hopefully for their sake you know, would last through October. I mean, because that's literally what they, that's their only hope. Now, I, I, I know that sounds crazily cynical. Frankly, I'm not so sure it will work, but it's it's literally got to be the game plan because there is no other way. They need assets to go higher so that the, the wealthy people and people will continue to invest and you know do the things in investing that productive capacity. So supply chains will be that, so we can go back to importing more cheap stuff, yada, yada, yada. That's what they need. Now, will it work? Uh, I don't think the world is conducive to that. I think James and I have talked about many of the factors that say that it won't necessarily work. The genie's back out of the bottle. That's, that's, that's my question.
0: Right. Because I, mean, I, I think that
3: the I, I entire world into, knows now. Yeah. I mean, Scott, you can't go shopping. So, but, you know, we all know you're not going to be surprised that I talk with pretty much everybody I, I come in contact with, right? whether, it's, whether it's a cashier, whether it's a parking lot attendant, whether it's a person sitting next to me at a, at a concert that we went to in Miami, it doesn't matter. And the overwhelming thing you hear about people, pretty much every conversation just about is someone bitching about prices. You can't, yeah. that genie can't be put back in the bottle. Once that happens, because we've lived it, we lived the 70s and yeah, you know, we understand what was going on. It is, it is something that you can't put back in. That doesn't mean they're not trying to cram it back in the bottle, but they are.
2: They're going to try to cram it back in the bottles, claim that it's at 2%, where it's really running 3, 4, 5%, and and hope that people don't notice or the ones who do don't have enough of a voice to do anything about it. Right. I mean,
0: yeah, but okay. But once we've seen this inflation of consumer prices, do they ever come down? Does the price of milk or chicken or egg, I mean some of those obviously well, have when outside
2: some of them yeah some like eggs spike up they come back right. down like and that was, that had for nothing to do with inflation in actually
3: it. yeah, yeah, but yeah. So look, at, at, at the end work. of the day things that are that can't be substituted away tell you what is happening medical care college tuition. Of course, college tuition isn't worth you know a, a tenth of what people are paying these days, given what kids are learning. But that's a totally different, uh, totally different uh, topic. One which is is very frustrating.
0: We'll but, do woke. We'll do woke Wednesdays. Uh, next yeah.
3: I, I mean, look, you know, <laughs> I, I would love to have that conversation, but that's a totally different topic. In any event, the the reality is things that you can't substitute away uh, are dramatically higher. And, and they're higher at a new high level. I mean, people look at house prices and rent prices and, you know, things that you can't substitute away and they're up. The question is, can they come down? Well, only if you figure out a way to refactor the economy. I mean, the U.S. doesn't like thinking about it this way, but a lot of the people in the rest of the world would. Talk to a Brazilian. How many, why is their currency now called the real? Why is it now the real Crucero? As opposed to the fake Crusader, which existed before, it's because every once in a while inflation gets so bad they have to do a great reset. The U.S. did a reset once; that was in when, in '33 when we when we had a gold-backed currency that Roosevelt confiscated it, revalued it up by what was it? You know, two thirds. You know that was a reset on our currency. We are in a far far bigger hole now than he was when he did that. Anyone who thinks that we don't need to do a great reset of some sort isn't paying attention. The only way out is to inflate away the value of the debt and grow your way out or a reset.
0: I, I, grow. I don't know which. But, but grow. But grow I mean, just means artificially inflate the price of stocks and real estate and such. Well, as I think
3: we don't have that. We have no political leadership and, and, a, and a population who has the stomach for anything else. I feel like the Simpsons. Which has been one of the most, I mean, Macronig is just, I mean, he's he's the GOAT when it comes to predictions. <laughs> right. The Simpsons, there was an episode with Lisa Simpson where uh, they realized they needed to raise taxes. So they called it a negative rebate adjustment or something like that. I can't remember, you know, but it kind of shows it, it specifically talks about, you know, how big of a hole and and what you have to do in terms of fooling the population. And and you know, however you want to look at it, I think the next attempt is is MMT like full bore you know yeah. i don't think it's an exam i do not think it's 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 crazy that we're hearing more murmurs about that uh in this
2: administration that is why i am so bullish on bitcoin uh it is that it's, system. it's, a, it's a system it's systematic it doesn't matter both it either party gets in the, it doesn't matter it's it's a system that is running these deficits are going to continue to run the deficits and And they will they will print the way out and and create inflation, because if everybody has, you know, if everybody feels like, oh, I, I don't have money, I, I, I can't afford my groceries anymore. But then suddenly, instead of going through austerity, which means I can afford even less for a period of time, versus just printing money and expanding the, M- the m2 supply, Reinflating or keeping uh, assets inflated, inflate them even more, in order to inject liquidity into the markets. That makes that that's a much much easier path forward, and yep. so you will have inflation, but you'll have also inflation of wages, inflation of houses, inflation of assets, and that that will that's an easier path to stomach, even though long term. It's completely unsustainable. It's absurd. It's 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 ridiculous. But it's the only path that a politician is being rewarded for. Yeah, He's you not. Can. Can, uh, you don't not get not reelected on austerity. For, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be rewarded for austerity. It's political suicide. They won't do it. They won't do it. Now, if and we he, had. That that be, be, that that a, a austerity is question. a
0: great thing. To, yeah, austerity is a great thing to do when you're like at the end of your uh, last term and you can't be reelected. But there then- is no
2: end of the last term. If we had term limits, that may that me I, yeah. I wrote about yeah. term limits almost thirty years ago. It, it, that was my Let's my thesis at Yale: term limits and. They, they, they will never consider them. Why? Because Congressional term limits are fiat. <laughs> it's like it's like they're not going to vote for an an anti insider trading policy, you know, because <laughs> they're they're the ones who are benefiting from it. You know, who gets it? Who, who? How do you get a raise in Congress? You vote for one, right?
3: I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. on. They, I mean, you know, how many of our uh, uh, senators who have done nothing but public service are multi multi millionaires? I mean, come
2: on. You know? How can you, if, you, Nine if you're making average an average of 150 to 180 thousand dollars a year over the last 25 years, how are you worth over a hundred million dollars? How Seriously. is that possible?
3: Well, it's because you, you have massive money in political campaigns, and your campaign is allowed to do things like buy books you write. Uh, you're right. allowed to get paid ridiculous speaking engagement fees. You are allowed to have your family. Uh, uh, be employed by your political campaign, yada yada yada, and you know, the, answer trading,
0: the, your, option, the answer is trading options. <laughs> well, <there's> also, <laughs> there's also options trading. We <laughs>
3: need to have assets to do it. I mean, look at the end of the day. There's, there's, you just have to look at human nature. I just think that you know, it, and this is both sides. So let's be clear. I mean, Trump came out over the weekend, and and I saw some people criticizing it, but the reality is, is he's going to campaign. On deregulating and cutting taxes, that's how he what he's campaigning on, literally. So and and right now he's the front runner. I do not believe that if he decides to pull out or whatever, I don't think that DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, or anybody else will campaign on anything different than that. It will be spend on defense, cut taxes at home, deregulate. Now. The deregulation, you've all heard, I think, is the right thing to do and probably one of the only things that would make sense. But the truth of the matter is, if you start your campaign with cutting taxes, not cutting spending, but actually probably increasing spending for foreign wars or whatever, that's the Republicans. They're supposedly, you know, the the conservative ones on economics. Okay, maybe not so much. Whereas the Democrats, what are they campaigning on? They're campaigning on higher taxes ish which we all know will will be net negative to the treasury at this
0: point. higher taxes for and and more
3: spending i mean okay uh you know middle class you know what they they make they wave these arms around stuff but you know it's like you you don't have there's nobody who's going to campaign on austerity it just isn't going to happen and you know at the end of the day the party that wins will be the one will be dependent if you know, we end up with a rosy market next year and the economy looks to have bottomed out. That's why we keep calling for a soft mm-hmm. landing. They want a soft landing so they can declare victory next summer. That's what they want. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's and, why and you so, guys are
0: right. Next January. Watch. Out. I mean, I'm a but, year but from is, January. This is why I, I,
3: I have been saying for months that I'm bullish on Bitcoin and I am pessimistic or cautious on the stock market. But Don't believe shorting a stock market that's valued in nominal terms is going to make sense if inflation becomes runaway. I think there are many places in the stock market that are going to get crushed, right? Things that people, a lot of so-called value stocks are going to turn into value traps. With all due respect to Cliff Asness, you know, and AQR, I mean, the problem with value is in a world where people, they're dependent upon, you know, the company's incomes, as prices and they getting squeezed on the producer prices side, they have a real problem. Company margins will, on some sectors, will will be problematic. If you're a tech company, you don't care about any of that stuff. You just want people to to buy the illusion of growth. And Mike McGlone is right. I mean, we are at all-time historic valuations. But the old expression, the market can remain irrational longer than we can remain solvent. And that-
0: Especially when point. they're purposely making it irrational. You know, at, th- at that time, that wasn't the case. Now it's such a manipulated market that we know that that's true, right? You we, know, what we is-
3: know, put it this way a stock market crash, a, a market that starts to sell off at the same time yields break 5% and don't look like they're slowing down soon. That would be the recipe for a serious, like, you know, I won't call it a Great Depression because I think they'll do something. But at the end of the day, that would be a serious. Uh, serious problem. But if every time the market, the stock market goes down, the bond market rallies as they flight to safety, eh, they're shrugging their shoulders because the Fed cares about the bond market. That's what they care about. I mean, yeah, the stock market matters to the politicians, but the Fed has been focused on the bond market. And that's why James and I are, you know, look, like I said it in our weekly recap, which, by the way, talked a lot about the, the ridiculous letter for uh, 20% of our Congress people. Uh, based on completely false information about how Bitcoin was used for terrorist financing, which the Wall Street Journal finally retracted. But in yeah, our so recap, does. I actually have the quote for those who want to see it. That I believe the the people at the Treasury and the Fed are crapping their pants every time the the, the long rate gets towards or through five percent because they just can't let that be confirmed.
0: By the way, though, Dave, I have to say though, you know, we we had that conversation obviously last week. Uh, the Hamas funding, we all know the story of chain analysis and elliptic and now the retraction. I think the most shocking news event of last week for me was that Lummis doubled down on it after everybody knew that it was fake news. Yeah, but I'm look sure you guys saw this.
3: But, but, but Lummis... But,
0: but she went after moment. Binance and Tether, which are the two non-American foreign actors.
3: Well, but think about why, and and, and you know, you and I, you have had both Caitlin Long and I on the show, and I love Caitlin; she's amazing. But you know, she Wyoming and everything that they stand for is about regulated, zero leveraged businesses. But then look at who Lummis went after. She went after Binance because Binance is the biggest place for leverage players in crypto. And she went after Tether, which is the biggest competitor towards Custodia or anybody else launching a real stablecoin.
0: Or USDC, if you consider that to be the already regulated right. player in it, the United States.
3: That's right. But the
0: fact is, you know,
3: I you've had Paolo on your show. Uh, I think that Tether was was shady as hell five years ago. Okay. But I think that at this point, there's no reason for them to do anything other than what they're doing. I think it's fully. And
0: bad. Rather than make 5% free and uh, billions of dollars all the time.
3: People are willing to, to, to you know want Tether to trade crypto outside the United States. They're one of the biggest mm-hmm. holders of treasuries. They're bigger than, than what, uh, 80% of countries?
0: Yeah, did you see this by the way? And you you mentioned Brazil before, but Brazil reports stablecoin boom as USDT trading volumes surpasses all right. other digital assets combined. If there was any question, by the way, to people uh, of whether there's more demand for Bitcoin in inflating economies or uh, what what does Mike like to call them uh, digitized dollars or whatever stablecoins, the answer is that people want dollars everywhere, and this is a way that they can get them, and that's just incredibly apparent in a report like that
3: mm-hmm. people spend dollars people want to save in bitcoin there's a right. difference,
0: and most people just can't save <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you have to have money to be able to save right, right. i mean james uh, speaking to to all of this I mean, what do you make i don't know if you looked into lummis or, or this
2: proliferation no, of I haven't, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't looked at it all, all that but it, it's it's clear like you're saying that. When you're in an, an area that you don't have banking, you like you don't have the ability to just move your your home currency into dollars. It's incredibly important to have that on ramp, and that's and that's it's it's uh, it's an easy way for them, and it's difficult for any region to stop that. You know, if you have an internet connection, you can get there. Um, and so that's uh, that it. It but this is the point, and what you, you know, Dave and you are saying is that. There, there is a flight to dollars uh, and to uh, currencies that can be transported. You, know, you can't take gold across a border. You just can't. I mean, it, it will be confiscated. It's difficult to carry. It's difficult to transport. It's difficult to get in these regions that have uh, unrest. You know, Gold spikes regionally to levels that, that physical gold spikes to levels that doesn't make sense. So... You know, uh, having the ability to get onto some sort of stablecoin and Bitcoin, it's an absolute no-brainer. You know, we've yep. talked to uh, um, the Sultan of of of, uh, of Venezuela before, and he said his family got out because of Bitcoin. They were able to bring their their the vast majority of their uh, assets over to the United States through Bitcoin so it's not it's not some fallacy it's not some you know um some fantasy or 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 tale that like this is real and this is and it is happening and it will continue to happen and and like dave said like if you man it, if you're jewish around this world right now and you're you know you you land in russia and they're they're storming the airport um to find you i mean it's 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 awful and terrifying and you've got to have a safe haven and you can't just go with a shirt on your back. You know, you've got to have something with you and this allows you to transport your life to somewhere yeah. safe. And, and, and the
3: thing that, and we have to contextualize, I know I, I, we, I don't want to devolve into politics because I, yeah. I, I spent the weekend ranting on Twitter uh, to which there's no good answers to my rant. And I'll, I will challenge anyone to a public debate on what I was saying, but we're not going to go there. But what I will say is, The amount, the trillions of dollars of wealth that is now afraid. And Bitcoin is half a trillion. We all know that even and and of that half a trillion, less than 10 percent of it is available on the margin at anything close to the prices we're at right now. So ask yourself the question, what's the asset that has the most likely chance for explosive growth? When there are literally trillions of dollars that are now reading the news stories, seeing things that are terrifying them and wondering, (laughs) maybe I should put something that I can carry with me if I have to move someplace. And you don't have to get to a very large number. I mean, we talk about the Bitcoin ETF story. Think about what we said. The best estimates, Galaxy did a great job. They said $40 billion in two years. And we think $40 billion in two years could make Bitcoin go from 35 to a hundred something. <clears throat> what happens if three or 400 billion, which would be with less than 5% of the of the money pool that I'm talking about, decides it needs Bitcoin. Now, I'm, obviously it doesn't happen all at once, but you want to talk about, you know, Mike Alford talks about the God candle. You want to know what caused the God candle? That's what caused the God candle. And if you're short at this point, you are, absolutely picking up pennies in front of a steamroller and that's that's the it 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 looks like it is people right now aren't rushing to buy it but it's one of those things it's like you know you know it starts moving and then people are like well what the hell do i need and it's unfortunate but the market is so small yeah that you you don't need a whole lot of geopolitical instability to make it go higher
2: go ahead james well, I was just going to say, let's unpack that uh, trading friction for people to understand what you're talking about. Because if you, if there are no sell- sellers between here and, you know, $50,000 Bitcoin, you just need, who's that? Is that Dave? There goes the train. Yeah, the Brightline train goes That's the train. You guys missed this, Dave. You
0: missed it. But Mike just was talking about the very beginning. They took the Brightline today from, or last night from Miami to Orlando. And we were talking about the Brightline. It's come up twice so the it's bright it's line gone. is
3: right down there, and whenever some moron decides to walk across the tracks, this train. We are. We so far we have not seen anybody killed. Thank oh, God. That's good. But we have seen multiple. I don't know ten yard. You know, yeah. events Gotta get close. Across the All track. right, back
0: to James. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. to bring, sorry, to bring that, up. that Go ahead, was. James. You're unpacking. Unpack. So Continue.
2: It, it's pretty simple. If if there's nobody selling between here and fifty thousand, you just need one sat to trade. Just one sat to trade to fifty thousand, and now you're at fifty, because there's just there's that there's a um um you know black hole of liquidity there. There's just no there's there's there. It's a vacuum. Sorry, of liquidity between here and there, and and as as more capital comes into this space and you know the people who hold bitcoin this is the crazy things the people who hold bitcoin the typical you know of the i don't know how many million people actually are have wallets separate separate people versus just separate wallets but there are a lot of hodlers out there who will just they'll be they'll they'll be emboldened not to sell as it goes higher it's a it's kind of a reverse mentality and so as, as this God candle starts, it's only going to get stronger. And that's the crazy part. And I so mean, it's, it's you don't need a lot either. of capital to move it. Yeah. The why yeah. is just so obvious. I mean, we all
3: talk about, it. I mean, Scott, you have, you know, when you have Gareth on, and you're talking about short-term squiggles on the charts, I know I'm not really, I really don't, uh, Gareth does an amazing job. and And I think he's, he is what what I would call one of those expert swing traders, and I think that yes. it works because he's carefully he has tight stops, etc. People who listen to him and don't have the same discipline, however, they wrecked. get carried out.
0: Yeah.
3: So it, this is not again. I'm not. I have nothing against swing traders, but the reality is the vast majority of Bitcoiners believe Bitcoin will be at t- in in two thousand twenty three dollars, somewhere between five and six hundred thousand dollars and everybody believes that we're going to have inflation making that worth less and most believe it will actually go beyond that i'm not sure but at least to get to 10 percent of monetary aggregates which is where gold was uh for you know basically post 71 by you know post 80 uh until you know last five six years where it's actually fallen below that you know gold is probably underpriced based on historical measures and a large part of that i think is bitcoin Yeah. on the margin even so, mike just said that
0: even mike just said that he said you know we see these outflows from the gold etfs and from gold in general and he thinks that that's potential inflows into it but, a big but think
3: about it. it it makes a huge air pocket when you get to price discovery now people are going to take profit you've got to be yeah. crazy not to if you get a rip from 30 to you know a new all-time high at 70 of course you're going to get retracement Of course, bull markets don't go to the sky. Nobody should interpret what I'm saying, that we're going to go from here and then go, boom, up in an elevator one way. Of course, that's not how markets work. But when you look back and understand the supply-demand dynamics, that's how markets operate. And there's literally no version where you can do fiscal or monetary policy to stop it if you're the government. I'm not sure you even care. But I'll tell you. But that's probably one of the reasons why you get the hysterical bullshit of you know the Hamas story last week because people are afraid, you know, of what it means, and they've tried every other type of FUD. So now they want to say it's financing terrorism. Except, you know, the the, the the absolute ridiculousness of Hamas six months earlier telling people not to use Bitcoin. And us and our senators and Congress people, their staffers didn't realize that, making themselves look like fools. But the truth is, is, is but you got to understand why. I mean, you get increasingly desperate. You're trying to maintain this monetary system that looks like a shell game. The last thing you can afford is for assets that are designed to show it its weakness to thrive. But yeah. I still think Bitcoin's market is way too small
0: for anyone really to care about it. I agree. I agree, which is a good thing. James, we have three minutes. Uh, final thoughts.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I agree. So we you were talking about the, you know, Dave, you and I are the 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 largest cynical, uh, you know, we, we lean the most cynically here on the show. But um, in reality, I, it because of Bitcoin, I'm super optimistic because we have a way out individually. You know, uh, we don't we are not beholden to just uh, ride this 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 debt wave and hope that we come out on the right side of the asset inflation um because we we have something that we know can't be inflated away and that's that's unique and so through all of this we i do expect there to be volatility in bitcoin i do just like dave said I, i i i i fully expect some severe volatility but i also expect that volatility to tilt to the upside severely as well and in the long in the long run, uh, you know, we we do get to those prices that Bitcoin begins to completely usurp gold as the store value, and that that's just because it has enough it it just has enough market value to actually warrant that separate allocation. Agreed.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I didn't know Dave, it looks like you had something.
3: I, you know, I, the way it, it it will look a lot like what gold did to silver.
0: Doesn't mean yeah. silver
3: isn't 5x, you know, where it was, you know, 25 years ago, but it's not more than that. The gold-silver ratio, the Bitcoin-gold ratio will move, but there's still, yeah, I, it doesn't mean gold goes down for Bitcoin to usurp gold's monetary value. It's the other way around. I think that people need to understand that, of, of what you're actually talking about. I mean, I, I, I still personally believe that there's a lot going on here and a lot to unpack. When you have these sorts of cross currents, volatility is guaranteed. And I will say it again for the the 18th time, Bitcoin trades like an option. What am I going to say, people, not to do? So use leverage. There you go. So use leverage. Use leverage.
0: We, I know it's literally 10, but I do want to give the honorable mention today, Dave, To you mentioned it before, the fact sheet, the uh, President Biden issues executive order on safe, secure, and trustworthy AI. If you guys listen, you'll all read it. I'm sure you'll all hear it. But the echoes of what we've been hearing for years about blockchain now hitting AI show you that the gerontocracy that runs this country is just fundamentally opposed to new technology that they clearly don't understand and are scared of. And I just want to reiterate, I, with time, come to not believe this as much as much of a left and right thing as it may seem, although I think one, one party is beating the drum. It's what Richie Torres said when he came on Space. He said, the old people just don't get it. And any government that's run by old people is going to just fundamentally, because they are old people, not want anything to do with what's new. Every one of our parents has told us that our rap music is crap, has yelled at the kids to stop playing ball on their lawn, and they've told us how much better things were before, and we need to you know, make America great again. But the fact is, they're just never going to get it. They're going to try to regulate it away, and blockchain and AI are going to be so far beyond anything they can try to do by the time they even try to do it, that it's going to be laughable. But it is very clear that Our government and others like it, the ones that have old incumbents that have been here for 40 or 50 years, not the Dubais and UAEs of the world where there's younger people, and whether they have a bad or favorable human rights record, who clearly want growth and understand it. In governments like ours, there is literally no way that they will embrace technology until they're gone. It's just not going to happen. You can read through this. They don't get it at all. They're talking about how AI is going to boil the oceans just like they did with Bitcoin because of the amount of energy. Guys, it's the same playbook. They're scared. And that means inevitably we win. It it just does. But it's going to take time. I I think you should all dig into that because it's not just us. Right uh, for before I guess the Bitcoiners finally now the AI people I hear them saying man I see what you blockchain bros have been talking about <laughs> these years I literally heard that out of spaces this morning right alright James, Dave thank you guys so much uh, Mike obviously it was awesome that he was here before uh, Dave you should just jump on that train and go da- go up uh, to Orlando and visit mm-hmm. Mike real quick because <laughs> you guys are both in Miami alright thank you guys we'll see you next week yeah. amazing show as always bye Take care.
3: let's go